everybody. Welcome to Ann Orley's Weekly Weather for the week of October 2nd to 9th, 2022. This week is a lot easier than last week was. Last week was a little bit of a nightmare with all those hammers of Thor's and fingers of God. This week, we just have a couple planets turning directions, so it promises to be a lot easier in terms of how we work with it. So that's the good news. We do have two planets turning direct, Mercury and Pluto, and they're both talking to each other this week for the third and final time. So we'll be learning all sorts of new things, but we may not necessarily have as bumpy and jumpy as a week we had last year, last week. And of course, a shout out to all our friends and listeners in Florida uh, who had the hurricane. For those of you who wrote and said, um, you know, was I okay? Yes, I had evacuated to New York in June, so I've been up here since June. And my apartment was about, my condo was about 120 miles north of uh, where the the storm landed. And I did have some friends in Sarasota who uh, did okay. You know, shout out to Alexandria. And, um, yeah, it was pretty, you know, I was a little scared because it originally saying Tampa, Clearwater, and then it went south to Sarasota, and then it went further south to Sanibel Island and uh, Naples. So um, thoughts and prayers with all of our fellow citizens down there. Um, but, yeah, hurricane was big, and that was that Grand Trine and Water we talked about last week. Those big triangles, you know, the ancients would say, too much water, too much water. And of course, the hammers of Thor, which is what Ian did, and then the fingers of God, which was like, we're going to kind of poke here and there. And of course, you had them in your own life, wherever you had hammers of Thor's. And a good friend, Sharon, call and go, oh my God, the hammer. I'm like, yeah. And maybe you watched it, maybe it hit your life. The good news is, we're almost done with the hammer. We have a little bit more today. And then this week is kind of quiet. We're getting ramped up. We're getting ready. We're heading towards eclipses, but we still have a little before we get there. Um, So we're going to move forward with the week and talk about what's going on. And remember, one of the things that we have coming during eclipse season, actually on the day of eclipse, is election day. So I want to encourage you to get out there and vote. Uh, If you're not registered, to register to vote because the energy of change is upon us, and if we do that, it's good. You want to get involved, you want to push back, you want to speak up, you want to volunteer, donate, and vote. Most important. Um, 73 million people in this country who are eligible to vote don't, and the only way we're going to make the changes we need with Pluto and Capricorn is for us to gather together as a force. When Pluto goes into Aquarius, it's about the community. Remember, the last time Pluto went into Aquarius was the American Revolution and the French Revolution, where we said the kings aren't in charge of us anymore. We're going to be free. So now we have to do the corporations aren't in charge of us anymore. We need to have a different vision. And the people that are trying to boss us around and tell us what to do regarding our bodies, regarding our marriage rights, regarding our sex lives, they're not in charge of us either. So we need to talk to them and say, hey, you know, like, you need to move away now. So there's a lovely website where you can register to vote or check your voter registration. Remember, they're purging a lot of the voting rolls. So check your registration at headcount.org. You put it in, you find your state, it shows you if you're registered, what you're registered as, 
um, and it's important, important, important. Uh, Mars is retrograde on eclipse on election day. There's an eclipse on election day. There's a Uranus on the nodes of fate on election day. It's a big deal. We'll spend more time on it as we get closer to it, but it's it's important. And really, please take the time to do it because time is shrinking. Election is um, five days and a month away. Right off we go. All right, so when we look at this week, one of the things we're having today is Mercury stationing to go direct. Now, I don't know about you, but with all those planets in Virgo and Mars in Gemini answering to Mercury and the Virgo planets answering to Mercury as their ruler, Mercury rules Virgo and Gemini, this last month (laughs) since September 9th when Mercury went retrograde has been a bit interesting. Now in my case, you know, I had a lovely reunion in August with all my astrologer friends when he entered the shadow because once he entered the shadow on August 21st, you were talking to your ghosts, you were meeting your friends, you were running into people from your past. So I had an astrology conference, it was great, and talked to, you know, 600 people were there, I mean I didn't talk to all of them, but ran into a lot of my friends, hi, how are you, hugged people, got to know people, met people for the first time in person that I only met on Zoom, Um, and then Mercury went retrograde on September 9th, again, revise, revisit, work on it, go forward, and remember, because Mars is in Gemini, it was why you had to do everything two times, three times, it never just happened on the first, there was always some kind of revision, adjustment, movement, change, he went direct today on October 2nd at 24 Virgo, and then he clears his shadow through the 17th of October. So we're still going to be talking to our ghosts, but we're going to be talking to them with Mercury having passed over two of the three points, and then this week he goes over the third. So if you think of him kind of tracing a giant Z in the sky, it's always helpful to Google um, uh, Mercury retrograde image because they'll show you that little dotted thing where he goes like this and then he goes backwards and he goes like this and what it really means we know Mercury doesn't go backwards but from the Earth's perspective he appears to go backwards because he zips around the Sun every 88 days and we on the Earth we move a little slower we're 365 days to zip around the Sun so when we pull up and he looks like he stops and he looks like he goes backwards. It's really just an optical illusion, but it does cause us to go back and look. And of course, it's always good to edit things. You know, you type it and then you get ready to publish and you notice you have the, the in it, or you have the same. And, you know, somebody had posted on my Twitters, a lot of mistakes lately. I'm like, I know, it's just Mercury retrograde. In my case, I have a Mercury-Mars square, and there was a Mercury-Mars trine, so I was going really fast, but I was confusing August and April and March and May, two M months, swapped them. So hopefully, with Mercury now direct, everything will calm down a bit, but we still have one more pass through the 17th, the next 15 days, where you're going to hear the third part of the story, the third component that you need to know as part of the information that will gives you gives you information to make decisions. And remember, this year Mars is in Gemini until March, the end of March. So all the stuff that Mercury's finding out will be informing Mars's journey when he stations to go retrograde at the end of October. And then he goes retrograde till mid-January when he goes direct. And then he goes forward through his thing three times. So we're in the midst of it, and it's important. Communications are important. 
connecting with people, understanding how to do things. It's why you're reorganizing, revisit, revising, you're shredding your papers, you're doing your documents. Double check everything. Double check it all. And recognize now that Mercury's gone direct, if you broke up with somebody between September 9th and October 2nd, it may not be over because the retrograde now it's gone direct and people are changing their minds. If you decided you weren't going to do something, you absolutely weren't between September 9th and October 2nd, uh, now's the time to do it. You're now changing, you're shifting, you're moving into a new place. So it's an interesting energy, and of course it stops today, which means yesterday, today, and tomorrow have that pause where we kind of pause and we look and we see what went on. And then we go forward, and then we clear Mer- we clear Libra, because remember Mercury was dancing also between Virgo and Libra, right? So he's kind of been doing a little cha-cha there. And when he goes into Libra, he's talking to Venus, and then when he's back in Virgo, he's doing his own thing, and then when he goes back into Libra, um, he does a little cha-cha. So I'll let you know when he goes into Libra, which isn't this week. Um, so forward. We also, so this is the chart for Mercury retrograde. And when we look at it, we see that there's a lot of energy here. We always look at what Mercury's doing. So the rising sign for the chart is Virgo. And we see Mercury, see the little S there? He's stopped in his chart. He's in the first house. This is cast for DC. So we're going to have a stop. We're going to have a pause. But we can also see that Mercury now, now that he's stopping to go direct, he's going to zip forward, right? And over this next few days, he's going to come to try and Pluto which happens this week for the third time. So we're watching Mercury get ready for his deep communication. We also have, as Mercury goes direct, the moon here at zero Capricorn out of bounds. So the moon is very intense and very... um, um, When it's out of bounds, it's really can be a little crabby or can be a little wild. It doesn't always follow the rules. And here uh, we have the low and fire a lot of earth drop a line between the T and the S down here at the bottom. I don't think I have my pointer on. Hang on, I thought I turned it on. Uh, pointer options. There's my laser pointer. Drop a line between the T and the S. You see the big earth bar. And then at the bottom, the big air bar. So it's a lot of physical stuff and a lot of ideas. Physical ideas. Organizing physical ideas. Low in water. People aren't really feeling emotional, which is really good. Because this last week was kind of an emotional week. Um, and then we have the um, the high amount of fire and also the, the big mutable bar, which is means fixing things that are broken. And we did see quite a lot of broken things down in Florida. Um, so this energy is, okay, let's get the, get the plans in place, ideas, and then physically start doing the work. So as Mercury stations to go direct in Earth, trining the Pluto with Moon and Capricorn out of bounds, we're going to find we're doing work. We also have the moon coming into square Jupiter this week. And that's always, you know, today, tomorrow, that's always an interesting energy because it encourages us to understand what's important. And we also see the Venus and the Sun approaching a conjunction. They're going to be Kazemi and meet up and kiss each other on October 22nd. But right now, Venus and the Sun are dancing together. So it's a T-square there with the Venus and the Sun and the Moon and the Jupiter. So it's a very action-oriented direct. And a lot of times when this kind of thing happens, people take action. They're like, okay, I got to do something. I got to do it. I got to do it. So if you're feeling that energy, you know, you're right in sync with the heavens um, in terms of wanting to get stuff done, wanting to do your to-do list, feeling like you have a lot to go. Also in the sky, we're finishing up the second hammer of Thor that we had from last week.
And this one, of course, is with Venus uh, talking to Saturn and Vesta and Uranus. So Uranus square Saturn, unexpected change of structures on land. So look at all the houses that were affected, all the flooding, and also up in the Carolinas. Um, hammers of Thor are, you know, they when we see them physically in the world, they're destructive. They're also with the people that were killed in um, the soccer game, with the opposing forces, the, the tear gas, and then of course, uh, all last week, the forced voting in Ukraine, where they would show up and say, hey, I got my gun here, you want to vote? Put, put your ballot in my box there. Let's see who you're going to vote for. So, and the annexation of Ukraine by Russia. Um, so it's an interesting energy. Uh, Hammers of Thor are never easy. We don't like them, but they do help us see things clearly. They also knock things down. And so with the Venus here, we can also kind of pop Jupiter over here in Aries because she's kind of focused. So Venus opposite Jupiter expands everything. Uh, and so that energy is um, super, super strong. Next up this week, we have Vesta stationing direct. Now, Vesta is the home and hearth energy, so she's been going retrograde, and now she's going to go direct and go forward again. And we see Vesta, she's our little flame girl down here. Um, so she's stopping to go direct, and she entered her shadow on May 2nd, and has been, you know, the stuff that she's been working on is when she entered her shadow, so the stuff from May 2nd that you've been thinking about doing in your home and hearth. Now you're going to do it. So in my case, I came back to New York after spending this winter in Florida, and I thought, all right, I'm going to clean out my house. I'm going to throw away a lot of stuff. I'm going to bring a bag a day out, you know, like I got tax returns from 2009. I got my old Christmas tree. I bought a Christmas tree from Florida. I'm going to be in Florida for Christmas. Have I done any of it? No. Did I say I was going to? Yes. But now the vest is turning direct. I'm going to do it uh, in the two months I have left in New York. So you're going to watch where you want to change your home and hearth. This is also a good extra. This is also good energy for uh, diets and changing your health and kind of saying, you know, I need to feel a little better. I need to feel a little bit more focused. And if we notice on the Vesta Direct here, we have the Moon and Saturn meeting up in Aquarius. So this is very good for being disciplined with the Moon on Saturn and saying, okay, let's be disciplined. We're ready and Vesta here, and of course it's in the second house in the DC chart, look at where it is in yours. In my case, it's in my first house. So Anne is actually gonna throw away that Christmas tree that she brought at Gimbel's back in 1983 that's in the closet uh, here in her house, and then she's gonna have the whole section of the closet open. What are you gonna throw away? What are you gonna change? Vesta can be your office, it can be your home, it can be your car, and think about Vesta as an energy of um, where you feel connected. So what kind of changes do you need to make to your space to be productive? And it can be your computer. You may feel like you need a new cell phone or a new phone. And of course, we did it Mercury Retrograde uh, for, you know, 21 days. So a lot of people's electronic equipment acted up and was badly behaved. So you may be like, yeah, I need a new phone because it is an Aquarius. That's electronics. So as Vesta goes forward, what are you changing? What are you shifting? And then back to May 2nd, what did you say you were going to do that you didn't do? But now that now Vesta's like, okay, now I'm ready. So that's an interesting one. Again, good energy in Earth, getting things accomplished, lots of ideas. Of course, my ideas of how much I'm going to get done 
probably aren't going to really happen, but I have the idea, I have the vision. And then the fixed energy is very solid, reliable, and dependable. And if you're starting a health program or a health opportunity, notice that the Saturn here and the um, Moon in Aquarius and the Uranus at 18, they're all talking to each other. Now, it's not an exact square, but it's pretty darn close. And last week, or, or just a couple days ago, we had the Venus going through there going, I need to make this better, I need to improve this, I need to clean this up. So there's a lot of energy here about making change in your home and your environment. And we also see the Moon and Vesta approaching a trine to Mars. Mars is coming in, going to catch up with Vesta. Uh, in the next couple of days, that's you know that's neither here nor there. But it's this energy of having to take action and kind of figuring out things and reorganizing stuff around your home, your body, your office, your work. And a lot of offices are now saying, "Hey, we need you to come back to the office all the time." And people are like, "I want to stay home. I don't want to go back to the office." So that's also that Vesta saying, "No more staying home. Got to come back where the community is. We gave you the summer, but no more. No more. Got to come back." And they, were, they had a thing on the news that people would be willing to take a 5% pay cut to not have to come back to the office. Or go, yeah, you want me to come back? I'm going to go find a job where I don't have to go to the office. So that's also that, that Mars trining Vesta. Like, yeah, maybe you have to make some changes. It's the universe. No, as above, so below. Just telling you what's in the sky. Next up, Mercury for the third time. Remember, he was retrograde, so he trined Pluto once. He trined Pluto twice. He trined Pluto the third time. And this is this third trine. We see Mercury over here in, of course, Capricorn or in Virgo, having just stopped trining the Pluto, which is, of course, taking action, part three. So think of it chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, kind of in accordance with those Mercury, the Mercury retrograde phases. But we also know that Mercury and Pluto are buddies. Mercury is the only one that Pluto lets into his house. Um, he's the only one that's been into the underworld. The rest of us only know about it, but it's kind of like now. And of course, you know, I often think of that Mercury-Pluto as the underworld energy. And, and interesting, of course, we just had another Jeffrey Dahmer uh, murder TV show released. And of course, you, did, you went to his house and you went into the underworld and you never got out. We also see the Mercury opposite the Neptune. Uh, and we're going to have, over the next few weeks, all these retrograde planets stationing and turning direct. First up is Pluto this week. Now, Pluto, when he goes direct, the five days before and the five days after are his stationary time. So he's at the degree of his station. He's slowed, he's slowed, he's slowed, he's moving. He's going to actually go direct to 2606. But he's parked at that degree, so he's just paused. So there's a lot of energy around physical structure. Not a lot of vision in this chart, but physically, what do I have to do? What's, what's on my to-do list to get done? And of course, Mercury in Virgo usually has a pretty good to-do list. So write that list. You may not get it all done, but at least have it in one place or organize it. Mercury-Pluto is also paying bills, figuring out stuff, reorganizing your finances, reorganizing your papers with the stock market, recent stock market changes and all the changes we're going to have next year, you know, reevaluating your portfolio and thinking about all the things that we like to do during the Virgo-Libra time where we're kind of like, okay, here's the work I have to do, and the Libra is what's my vision. Notice there's not a lot of fire in the sky. So vision can be a little cloudy. It can be a little unclear. That's okay. 
it's it's knowing what you know you want to work on with this Mercury trine Pluto that is encouraged. So you know, follow through uh, and do it. Then last, Pluto stations direct. Now he's going to station direct on um, the ninth of the month, which is next Sunday, and he entered his retrograde shadow on January fifth last year. When it's an outer planet, it takes a longer time. And you know when we talk about the lunations, we say the new moon, and then 10 months later there's the opening square, and then 10 months after that there's the full moon. You know, outer planets do the same thing. It entered its shadow in January 9th, or January 5th, and now it's going direct. How long has it been? Gee, nine months, 10 months, right? January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. How long does it take for a baby? Nine months. How long does it take for the moon? Nine months. How long does it take for Pluto? So whatever changes you were contemplating last January, Pluto's back at that point. And he's saying, you remember you were talking about this in January? You ready to do it now? And he's, as he stops, he goes forward and retraces his path. And we're going to have, next up, all the outer planets changing. Saturn. We just had Vesta change this week. Saturn changes in a couple of weeks. Uh, Juno, the planet of partnership. Neptune, Jupiter, Chiron, Eris, and last but not least, Uranus. So we've been working with these outer planets all retrograde all summer, and now they're all going to start to go forward. So we're going to feel a shift. We're going to feel that, okay, whatever I felt stalled or not really working is acting. But the five days before the ninth, which is the fourth, right, nine minus five, or eight, I think it's the eighth, it's the eighth, yeah, sorry. Eight minus five is the third. So that five days, Pluto stopped, and then it stopped for the five days after. Now, traditionally, when Pluto stations, there's wars. We are in a war in Ukraine. We got Vladimir going a little wild over there with the nukes and the tactical nukes and the fake election and the annexing Ukraine. And then at the same time, Ukrainians have their heart in this, and they are not quitting so we can anticipate an escalation. When Pluto stations, it's war, it's earthquakes, it's volcanoes, it's those kinds of things. So we're going to watch what happens as this, um, this station takes place. And we're going to figure out what the next chapter is, but we're going to notice it this next five days. And then when he stations at uh, next weekend, we're going to figure out where we're, where we're going. Now, Neptune, of course, is back at 23 Pisces, where he was when all the Ukraine, all the nuclear information was going on last year. So, again, we're hearing all the nuclear stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the 23-degree Pisces. It's Chernobyl. It's also Bhopal. So the nuclear stuff is real. Um, it is retrograde, so I'm hoping it's nothing going to happen with it, but it's just recognizing that that energy of you know, rattle shaking and saber rattling uh, is part of this part of this Pluto direct. Um, and we also do know that whatever in your life you were working on from January that you said you were doing, and you maybe made some progress on it, now that Pluto goes direct, it's full steam ahead. And we're going to have a period of time once these planets go direct, all the outer planets go direct, where they go zipping along and then they go past their shadow point where they stationed to go retrograde. And at that point, we're in fresh territory. So we know we're going to have fresh territory coming for each of them as they all move forward over the next few weeks. But first up is Pluto. 
uh, the Lord of the Underworld, and of course he has his trine to Mercury, so they've had a little conversation. Mercury's carrying the message from Pluto, and so you want to really pay attention to what you hear about the transformational things going on in your life. And because Pluto is stationing at 26, if you have planets at 26, they're going to really feel Pluto stop this week as he pauses and sits at that degree for 10 days. Yes, 10 days. He just kind of sits there on the degree going, I am Pluto. So, you know, look at your chart. See where 26 is. Remember, Pluto is always about triangles. You, me, and another. You, me, and a third thing. It's also about drama. It's also about blackmail. Also got a blackmail energy. It's the mob. Um, it's the gangsta. It can be very supportive and transformative. It's going to the therapist and the therapist, you know, working with you and transforming you or saying to you, you know, I, I think you have a problem here and you need to maybe get some help. That's Pluto. It's, uh, tra you know, doctors have strong Plutos often because they see life and death situations. So we're going to watch for that. Now, we aren't having all the hammers and the fingers of God and all that, so that's the good news. Um, so hopefully there won't be a lot of death and destruction under this one. But Pluto stations tend to be pretty dramatic. And I was talking to a friend the other day. Um, I found out my lawyer passed away. Uh, and I was thinking about him, and I remembered one time I was babysitting, the, you know, he and his wife were friends of mine, and they had um, uh, a little boy named Matthew. And I was babysitting, and it was when George Bush Sr. went to war against Saddam Hussein for invading Kuwait. And, it, you know, and they, I was babysitting, and they came home from dinner, and I'm like, why are you home? And they're like, because the war started. I'm like, the war started? <laughs> Oh, I was reading a book. I missed, slept right through the war. We were worried about Matthew. I'm like, well, Matthew's asleep. I don't, I don't think he knows a war started, but welcome home. And, uh, yeah, so Pluto, Pluto stations are pretty big deals, especially right now because the world is a little bit cray-cray. So that's the energy for that. Now, we're going to look at the aspects for the week. Um, so the sun this week goes between... Uh, 9 Libra to 16 Libra, in addition to uh, having that, it has a stressful aspect on the 6th of October with the Nodes of Fate, where it has to make some choices. It also can feel a little wounded because it's opposite Chiron on the 7th. But both, most of the week, it's good. There's a change in your strategy on the 6th when the nodes get activated. And remember, the, the sun's in Libra, so it's got a quincunx, and a semi-sextile to the nodes, which is basically a lot of times Libra tries to be nice, and the, new, the nodes go, we, we don't really need you to do nice. We need you to be a little firmer and set some boundaries. So there's a lot of energy with as the sun approaches the trine to Saturn over the next few days. It's not there till next week, but you may hear, gee, you know, you need to make some boundaries or form some boundaries around your relationships. So it doesn't happen yet, but there is this change in strategy about how you're partnering and working with other people with the Sun in Libra um, over the course of the week. Um, Mercury this week is going from 24 uh, Virgo through 29. Now remember, he just stopped. So he's moving very slowly, but he does have that trine to Pluto, which we talked about, and he also has a quincunx to Eris, the goddess of discord, which happens on the 4th which generally means Mercury gets a little irritated about something. And, of course, Eris is very provocative. She's been very prominent in the Me Too movement and all the stuff we've been doing with that. And so there's a whole focus of energy here this week around 
how are we going to work with that? Uh, how are we going to work with that energy? And what we need to do to harness it. Um, also, we have Mercury parallel to Venus, so they're working together. They have a secret deal because Mercury's not near Venus. He's far away from her, but they have a secret deal because they're at the same degree of declination. So he says, hey, Venus, you know, I was talking to Pluto, and you know what I think he wants us to do? And Venus goes, what does he want us to do? She's like, you know, I'm busy hanging out with the sun, but I'll, I'll call you later. So watch for the two of them to plot. Watch for the, you know, Venus, which is your desire nature, what you want to get and how you want to get it, and Mercury to say, well, what, you know, what's the plan? Now, this can be, you know, planning your vacation or thinking about where you want to go or what kind of car you want to buy or you've got a great idea to redecorate your house because vestige is stationed because you're not going to go on a diet, but you're going to change your house. The energy is very much about thinking and planning this week because Mercury finally is moving forward. Venus's week is moving pretty quick. She's running from 447 Libra to 1331 uh, Libra. So all the planets between 4 and 13 in your chart are getting a little kiss from Venus, the goddess of love, in her favorite sign. And she has a biquintile to the north node, giving her a lot of opportunities and really good ideas on the 5th of October. She, of course, finished her sesquisquadrate to Saturn, wrapped up the hammer of Thor this week and we did see you know the devastation from the hurricane and the water and you know you're kind of like you know when you're in Florida you know you want to live on that beach it's beautiful but then you know as my my uh, Dr. Bothner who is a professor of mine in college said river banks and ocean banks are designed to flood that's what they're there for but of course people live along rivers because that's where we travel, used to travel and ship the goods, and people love to live on beaches. So with Venus uh, in her sesquiquadrate to Saturn, we're going to have an assessment of that stuff. And then she's got a parallel to Jupiter, which is good, but also parallel to Jupiter means big, lots of hammers, breaking things. And then she's got a parallel to Eris, the goddess of discord. So we can anticipate the political rhetoric to get a little more discordant, uh, the ads. People are going to be a little angry with Venus Parallel Eris, like, where are you and how are you helping me? And remember, there's a frustration in the sky because Mars is in Gemini. They say one thing, they do another, or you have to wait, you have to do it again, you have to do it again. There's a, there's a lot of... Um, uh, with Mars and Gemini, there's a little sibling rivalry energy, but there also is a competition energy. The good news is Mercury's forward motion, so that's helpful, but it also, it still does need to be clear. And Mars and Gemini is also a little flaky. You know, when you do something over here, and then you get it working over here, and then, oh, you forgot to go do this part. It's like that. So a whole week, well, you've got that until the end of March, but... This week, you may be a little more aware of it. Uh, Venus also has an adjusting energy to relationships on the 6th, where she's in a quincunx to Juno, and that can be a little bit, um, I wouldn't say it's argumentative, but it's a little bit like, you know, you want that, and I don't want that, I want this. Now, you may not know, you may not actually be able to articulate what you want, but you can articulate what you don't want. And remember, that's really one of Mercury's big tricks. He's really good when he's in Virgo to say, I'm not interested in this, this, or this, because he isn't. But finding out what he's interested in is the opposite often of what he isn't interested in. So if you can get Mercury to plan, but he's kind of busy this week, so he may put you off. 
uh, and but know that there's a ch there's a shift and a change, and then Venus has a quincunx and a ses uh, semi sextile to the nodes of fate also. Now she rules them. The sun has it first, and then Venus has it second. So this is a little bit of changing the direction needing a necessary change and it's a Virgo type change meaning organizing, cleaning out, releasing, figuring out how to salvage what's done or change what's done, what needs to stay versus what needs to go. So we're going to be doing that with our relationships, we're going to be doing that with our egos, we're going to be doing that with our partners. Interesting week, not dramatic, just yeah I think that needs to change and I'm going to go do it but distracted change because Mars is in Gemini. Mars this week, very quiet, not moving much at all. Uh, he goes from 20 um, Gemini to 22 Gemini, but he does have a contraparallel with stationing Vesta. Again, you know, as I gave you the example, I'm time to throw out that Christmas tree, and then I'll probably pull it out and go, maybe I shouldn't throw it out. Because the contraparallel is I want to partner with it. I want to part with it. It's like an opposition. But I also have this, you know, like, you know, should I really get rid of it? So I always find when I throw away things, I have the, yeah, not ready yet. And it goes back on the shelf or it goes back in the pile. But And this week you may find that. So don't be surprised if you say I'm going to do the clean out. But then when you actually start doing it, you get a little stuck. Jupiter this week is running from two, he's retrograde, he's running from 250 to 150 of Aries. And now remember, he's slowing down to get ready to go direct to. And he um, doesn't have a lot of aspects at all. He's kind of quiet. Um, Saturn does have a biquintile to Pallas Athena. Saturn's running from 1855, moving retrograde to 1843. So planets in your chart that are at 18 are getting activated by Saturn. And he is in a biquintile to Athena, which is, I have this really great plan. All right, what is it? It's this. He also has a little bit of a health aspect on the 8th, because he has a quintichili with Ceres. That can be food poisoning. That can be, you know, a little indigestion from something you ate. Oysters, you know, they usually get me, although I keep eating them. Uh, so kind of watch your food on the 8th, because you can have some health stuff then. And Saturn also is parallel Venus. He has a quintile to her earlier, and on the 8th, on the, on the 5th he has the biquintile, and on the 8th he implements it. He partners with her. So it's a nice week for Saturn to get things done. And, you know, everybody's been so busy and preoccupied with all the other stuff going on, we've really kind of been ignoring him. Not that he hasn't been doing things over in the corner there, but most of us have been like, oh, this, I got that, I got that, da, da. But now it's time for Saturn. He goes, okay, you ready? And you're kind of like, not really, Saturn. He's like, come on, come on, we got to get this stuff on the road. Uh, we also have Uranus in the parallel to Ceres. This is a breakthrough, a creative breakthrough in terms of pregnancy. So this is a good week for getting pregnant, for those of you who are trying to do that, uh, because Ceres is very active. We also, as we talked about, was Pluto has uh, a station, and he's basically parked at 2607, and he has a quintile, a biquintile to Ceres in Virgo. Again, a good week for getting pregnant. And we say Pluto because he's the lord of the underworld. He rules Scorpio's house. And the egg and the sperm get together. They both die, Pluto, and they make a new thing. A tomato and lettuce get together. They both get 
chopped up, they can't go back, but they're transforming. So we have both Ceres transforming and Uranus transforming. So we're transforming creatively this week, which is actually nice because the last couple weeks have been a little hard. But this week we're transforming creatively. We also have Chiron uh, in a semi-square to Paris Athena. you got to let go of those wounds. Whatever they are, it's time to put them down. Because uh, Paris Athena say, I have plans for you, but if you keep sitting around complaining about your life, they're not going to get done. So good time to let them go. And then Pallas Athena connects with the nodes of fate. So you really want to watch who you meet on the 6th and the 7th because she's going to be pulling in new people that want to work with you. And Pallas Athena is running between 11 Pisces and 14 Pisces. So those planets at that house are pulling in important connections. And Ceres is in a quintile to the south node. Again, like I said, it's a good week for pregnancy. Now, pregnancy comes in many forms. You know, if you're my age, I'm not getting pregnant. I'm way past that. But it's creative endeavors. It's new businesses. It's starting ideas. It's giving birth to things that you're going to call, that's my baby. And so watch for that energy of um, forward motion uh, energy as we go, as we roll. Okay, so this week we are here. Um, in October, and we are in the, find where we are, all right, we're in Mercury stationing retrograde, so today, or Mercury stationing direct, Mercury is in, Moon is in Capricorn out of bounds, went into Capricorn this morning at 3.38, and it is out of bounds today and tomorrow. And it goes void tomorrow, the 3rd, Monday the 3rd, at 11.49 p.m. Then it's void that night, and at 6.20 in the morning, it goes into uh, Aquarius, which is when Yom Kippur begins at sundown. And it's in Aquarius on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it goes void on Wednesday night at 6.46 p.m. And then it's void Sunday night, and it's or Wednesday night, and then it goes into... Pisces on eight, at 8.47 a.m. on Thursday morning. It's in Pisces on Thursday and Friday, and it goes void at 7.10 in the morning on the 8th, and then it goes into Aries, so it's void for an hour and a half. goes into Aries on uh, at 11.57 in the morning on Saturday, and it's in Aries as Pluto stations to go direct. Again, Aries, Moon in Aries, Pluto stationing. We're talking war here. There's a full moon that happens on the um, Sunday the 9th, and the moon's in Aries, and then the moon goes void at 10.02 a.m. on Monday, uh, and that'll be also when Mercury goes into Libra, um, which is also Thanksgiving Day in Canada and an Indigenous Peoples Day, and Succus begins at sundown on the 9th. So the closing aspects, the moon in Capricorn has a closing aspect, when it goes void at 11.49 p.m. on Monday night, of a conjunction to Pluto. That's a, you know, good solid ending energy, but it also is ending energy, right? The Aquarius moon, the void, the void goes void with a trine. So the moon on Tuesday and Wednesday are really nice because that Aquarius moon trines Mars and Gemini, gets a lot accomplished, many things, two things actually at the same time. The Pisces moon, which begins on Thursday morning at 8.47, goes void at 7.10 a.m. with an opposition to Mercury, but Mercury's direct now, so that's helpful. So think of Moon and Pisces opposite um, 
right? Yeah. Goes void opposite Mercury in Virgo. Yeah, Moon in Pisces opposite Mercury in Virgo. Uh, that happens on the 8th, and that happens at 7 and 10 in the morning. And there's a three-hour void until it goes into Aries. And then the Aries moon, we have a full moon next, um, uh, the 9th. And the full moon is at uh, 4.45 p.m. On the, on the 9th. And the moon goes void on Monday morning at 10.02 with a square to Pluto. So the easy days this week are the Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Friday, not bad because it's Pisces moon. Monday, tough. Saturday, tough. The intense days, which we're renaming the DB days, we're renaming them intense days. The intense day is Monday because the moon has a number of decisive action. Tuesday's nice. Wednesday's friendly. Wednesday has some changes, but not bad. Um, you know, it's activating that T-square that we were getting hammered with all last week, so that's where we're going to really start to get the damage assessments out of Florida. Um, but not bad, not bad. And Thursday's not bad. Friday has adjusting energy. Again, not particularly bad. Saturday is a little cranky and crabby in the evening, but not bad in the morning. And then Sunday is oppositional. You've got a full moon, you've got moon opposite Venus, there's a little opposition, but again, not a bad opposition. So there really aren't any DB days or intense days, ID days. And the third is intense, and to a certain extent, uh, Wednesday's intense, but it's more processing stuff from previous times. And also with the moon in Aquarius squaring the Uranus and squaring Saturn, um, it, it kind of looks and it says, all right, I got, a, I got an idea of how I want to handle it. Moon in Aquarius is a little detached, so it doesn't take things that personally. So that's the energy for the week. Not too bad, especially after last week, which was a real nightmare. Um, and so forward we go. Now, remember to vote. Also, the cruise, the Odyssey of the Seas, is taking place on January 22nd to the 28th. Um, my two friends, uh, well, two of my friends are two of my good friends and one of my kind of good friends and another friend I'm acquainted with and one of them I don't know at all are teaching a relationship course. So they asked me if I would mention it and you get a discount if you do it with me and the, the money will be sent to the scholarship program for OPA. Um, so you're supporting the education of other astrologers. And so it's a good course. There's great courses. So check it out. Starts starts tomorrow. Uh, and they're long. They run for a couple of weeks, a couple of months um, in depth. Also, a couple of stars. Sign up. I record it daily. You know, we went through all that stuff all week. You can get it every day in your mailbox uh, with a theme for the day and how it's going to work. Send to your email, send to your uh, cell phone. You get a Patreon uh, audio clip and then a clip of the charts, the aspects for the day, and then also we've been, somebody suggested we include charts, so we did. So you get a copy, you get a visual of what the chart looks like for the day too, so you can kind of look at it and see, you know, what I see as highlights and why I'm focusing on it. And that's $17 for the month. So you get me going, good morning, good morning, good morning, in your ear every morning when you wake up. Next up, uh, we're going to have uh, the eye astrologer that we were all at in Tucson. We're repeating online. So that's going to be online from October 8th to 9th, uh, live via Zoom. And I'm going to be talking about, you know, your role as an astrologer. It's free if you are an OPA member. 
and you signed up for either the Tucson conference or the online conference, if you know you are want to just come and you're not an OPA member, consider signing up because then you, then you get the conference, or you can just pay for the conference. But it's really good. It's got great speakers: Kate Taylor, Sam Reynolds, Roy Gillette, Stormy Grace, Laura Nelbandian, Gemini Brett. Giulio Pellegrino, Pellegrini, I always say his name wrong. I have to slow down, then it's one of those long Italian names. Rick Levine, Maurice Fernandez, Wendy Stacy, and me. So it's fun and consider it. Uh, we still have the Pluto return for sale for those of you that the Pluto return is bringing up things for you. And we also have the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. Also, if you bought the Pluto return uh, from us, Rose and I are figuring this out now that Mercury's gone direct. We're going to go back in. We've never done this before, but I did a Pluto return lecture in ESAR, which was after, you know, I did this first one way back when at the beginning of the year. And so then the secondary one, uh, the second Pluto station was when the Roe v. Wade decision came out about the Dobbs case. And it was series on the Midheaven, and I'm like, oh, they're trying to control our reproductive rights. I didn't know what that meant when we looked at it the first time. I mean, it was there, but when I looked at it the second time, when I was ESAR, I'm like, wow. So somebody suggested, again, I thought it was a great idea, that the people that bought the first one get to listen to the second one uh, that I did in um, that I did in ESAR. So ESAR just sent us a note saying we have permission to send it out. So we're going to load it up. If you buy the webinar, you'll have the first one and the second one. And if you bought the webinar already, we're going to be sending you, don't look for it tomorrow because we're not moving that fast, but we're going to be sending it out to you um, so you can listen to the updated version. And then the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction that happened on April 12th, which is the fountain in your chart, is taking place too. So that's the weekly weather for the week. And I wish you a great week. A lot of fun. should be much, much easier than last week was. But it does have a Pluto station, so that Pluto tension, if you've got stuff at 26 in your chart, you know, Pluto's vibrating at that. So those people with that or planets at 26 are going to feel Pluto very strongly. The rest of us are going to watch it. I shouldn't be saying the rest of us because I have stuff at 26. But, um, yeah, so that's the weekly weather. Have a great week, and I will catch you next week uh, here. Have a good time. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.